Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Gruden, Walgren, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget. I'm Lee Gowland. I'm Brian Davis. And this is the 49er Fearful UK Show. Week three is now in the books. It's not the result that we wanted, but definitely the results we were expecting. Um, and kudos on the score prediction. That was almost perfect. I know, right? I should have gone down the bookish, shouldn't I? And uh, put some money on that. But yeah, it was slightly, slightly out, wasn't, wasn't we? But um, yeah, it kind of went out. In terms of the uh, final score, it definitely went out um, how we expected. But as for the other events of the evening, the uh, didn't quite go to plan, did it? No, not at all. The main point being the Garoppolo injury. Mm. It's, it's not just going to have a huge impact on this season, but also the off-season. We can yeah. assume that we're not going to win as as many games as what we would have done with Garoppolo, which means we're going to have a higher draft pick, mm-hmm. uh, and that could alter the way the team builds over the next 12 months. Yeah, definitely. I mean... As we're recording this, we haven't actually had any confirmation about uh, what's happened yet, have we? So um, it doesn't look or sound good. And non-contact injuries are often some of the worst, aren't they? You know, you, you look at your ACL, MCLs, ruptured Achilles. They're quite often done in similar kind of ways and running routes and uh, not doing anything in particular. You know, it wasn't anything to do with the hit or anything. It was uh, it was just the way he came down on that left knee on on the sideline, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, definitely. These things it, happen, unfortunately. You're you right. If it, didn't, if it didn't happen then, it, it would have probably happened possibly on the next snap when, when he was dropping back. It, you know, people sort of, I've read a few things today about people moaning about taking the extra step, but things like that are going to happen. They're going to happen. It would, you know, it would have happened on the next play of it if it didn't happen then. Yeah, I think I answered one of the one of the questions that was raised in the group about whether or not he should have taken that step. And I, I basically said, if he'd had a little bit more experience, he'd have realised this is a risk that he shouldn't be taken because mm. of his unique position within the team. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm sure all of his teammates really appreciate the effort, his toughness to actually do that. But I can also guarantee that every one of his teammates uh, was sat in that locker room afterwards thinking, I wish he'd just ran out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like I say, you just don't know. These, these, it, it could have happened on the next play. For all we know, it's uh, it's just one of those things. It, it's sad. It's uh, it happens in in football. It happens in all sports. Unfortunately, it it, it sucks. But <laughs> you know, it's, it's cliche, isn't it? But it, it is what it is. At the end of the day, we, it's we, you know, it's out of our control. We've got to deal with it, and we've got to just do the best we can with what we've got left in in uh, CJ now, really. Yeah, completely agree. And McKinnon was the perfect example of that. Yeah. Right at the very end of a training session, no one anywhere near him. Uh, and all he did was practice a cut, and that was it. His knee was gone. Yeah, we've had the same in the past with Crabtree. Um, Jerry Rice, again, was a similar one. It's, you know, no one likes being without these players. But unfortunately, now we've got to just try and find the positives in what we have got left and try and enjoy, you know, the remainder of the season. So based on the assumption that he has done his ACL, he's out for the season, mm. where do we go now? What's the way forward for the 49ers at the quarterback position? Well, Pathard is definitely the man, isn't he? It's got to be. Um, I can't see uh, the other chap from the, that's on the practice squad coming up and uh, becoming starter. Um, he's got experience in the NFL. He His experience in the games that he did play in 2017, he didn't look... That out of place, did he? Okay, no. he only he only won one of the games against the Giants, but in the other games, okay, another you can say that we didn't score particularly many points in any of those games, but he didn't look out of place. He didn't set the world up on fire, didn't pull up any trees, but in this offense with Kyle Shanahan as the offensive coordinator and the head coach, you know. It's going to be tough. It's not going to be the same, obviously. Um, it does, to my mind, it kind of automatically changes our season from one of 
quite a lot of hope in moving forward in trying to get to that sort of 500 record, maybe getting over 900 to one of more continued assessment, really. Um, I think everyone needs to reevaluate their expectation levels. Eight and eight now looks much harder. Um, and also, Bethard gets a chance to sort of prove himself as an NFL starter now. And if he if he comes in and makes throws like he did for that uh, on that third down play when he the uh, phantom pass interference call, he might even make his way into trade compensation for a team looking for a quarterback next season, and we might get even richer before or during the draft next year if and when Jimmy returns. So. That, that, you know, that, would, that way of looking at things. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that that would be an interesting prospect if um, he, he did have a good season and we could use him as trade bait. Yeah. Um, I, I agree that he's definitely going to be the quarterback going forward. Kyle likes him. Kyle brought him in. He, he was Kyle's guy, but Kyle mm. also made the point of saying he, he's there as a career backup. That's yeah. what we brought him in there for. So yeah. we could train up a backup for when we get our actual starter. Mm-hmm. He obviously likes his toughness. He, he took some major hits last last season and did, got yeah. back, up, back up and continued. He knows the scheme, uh, and he is well liked on the team as well. All, all yeah. the uh, the O line from last year, obviously, it's, there's a big change from last year, but but they liked him. He's got the chemistry there with Kittle through playing with playing with him at college. Yep. Um, so I would imagine Kittle's production's not going to drop. That much, he, he was a favoured target of CJ last year. It, I think that will continue. Um, the question I'll be asking is: Is there a possibility at all somewhere through the season that Nick Mullins does come in off the practice squad and either take over or is given a chance in the last couple of games? Oh, it'll, it'll definitely come off the practice squad, and it'll, it'll probably be the backup. I'd like to think he'd be the backup in the uh, upcoming fixtures that we've got now. Um, but in terms of free agents and stuff that's out there, it's it's pretty grim reading. Um, there's not really much out there. Um, I've, I've had a quick look this afternoon, and you're looking at the likes of uh, Ryan Mallett, Derek Anderson, Mark Sanchez, Matt Barkley. You know, this, these are a lot of quarterbacks who've never really done anything or much, or as as, and they're no better than probably what we've got. Paxton Lynch, T.J. Yates, former 49er Scott Tolzien, Jay Cutler. <laughs> yeah, you know, these are the kind of names you're looking at now. And to my mind, that's um, that's that's not a bare cupboard. That's kind of like that's what's left in the cupboard in the store in about season seven of The Walking Dead, isn't it? That's like. You don't want it, do you? It's, you you, you it's don't. It's pretty grim, isn't it? And it's very interesting that you missed a particular missed a name off that list. Yeah. You I'm did. sure that name's going to come up lots, isn't it, over the yeah. next uh, few days? So I've already seen that all over Twitter, all over Facebook. Why don't we bring him back in? Why don't we give him a chance? And I'll answer that for everyone now because he's garbage. I have the utmost respect for what the guy's doing on the field. His cause, I think that's really good. He had a season and a season and a half to two seasons where he was excellent for us, but then he was found out by the defence. Yeah, The defence know exactly how to play him. As long as they cover his first read and then flush him out to his left instead of his right, that's it, he can't go anywhere. Yeah. It's, it's game over for him. He can't read a defence. He, he always looks off his receiver. Sorry, he always zeroes in on his receiver and it's obvious yeah. to anyone. He's not a starting quarterback. He is a backup quarterback. Is, is he going to do any better than Bethard? I no, doubt it. I don't I, think I, so. No, I think he doesn't CJ fit the scheme is... either. Now, does he? We, we've moved on from that style of offense now, and, and we're we're on to something completely different. Yeah, um, we don't particularly agree. have mobile quarterbacks. Um, Jimmy and CJ are both more sort of stand in the pocket and sling it. And occasionally, as we've seen a couple of times this season with Jimmy and, and with CJ last season and with Jimmy last season, they'll scramble for the tough yards and, and they'll get the odd run here and there, picking up first downs, uh, scrambling out of bounds when there's nothing on, picking up a few yards. But yeah, that, that's that's the kind of offense that we're in now. We're not we're not looking for uh, a Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> I is just there... can't see it happening. The collusion trial is still all going on, isn't it? It's it's over for him. It, it's it, it's not going to happen. No, I think you're right there. So, 
is there any pros at all for trading for a quarterback? No, not for me. We've got a ride with CJ. Um, who would we? What would we have to give up, and, and who would we go for? One of the suggestions I heard today was Nick Foles. Well, why? It, we're not in a position to win now. That that would probably be too much from our, our pot of trade picks and everything from next season. That we should be building with to help Jimmy out, not to get a replacement in for one season on a wing and a prayer to try and get to the playoffs. Um, we need to keep all our draft picks and everything for next season. Uh, it's not a win-now situation for us. And like you say, if we're going to get a slightly higher draft pick than what we'd already previously anticipated, then that's only going to hopefully help the team out next season and help us get better with however we choose to go in the draft and within free agency to make uh, us a better team next season. So no, for my mind, I don't see any point in training for a quarterback. We, we go with what we've got on the roster and if, God forbid, touch wood, anything happens to you know any of the two quarterbacks, three quarterbacks that we're going to have on the roster going through the rest of the season, then the likelihood is we probably will end up picking up a, a Ryan Mallet or a Matt Barkley or Scott Tolzien just to get through the season. So I would completely agree with all of that. And if I was going to trade for a quarterback the first thing i'd be looking at is do we have all of the other pieces on the team to make mm. that quarterback successful and and the answer to that is no and that brings us perfectly into the next point which is the defense yeah. the, de- the defense has had another absolute shocker for me yeah and i'm, I'm now thinking who's going to be held account for this because it's basic feelings. It's it's feelings to tackle. It's feelings to get off the field. Three times in the last two weeks now, we've had 12 people on the field, and that's just not good enough. It's sloppy, undisciplined play by the defense. And there's only one person I can think of you can hold responsible for that, hold them accountable, and that's Salah, who mm. is obviously, it's only his second season as a defensive coordinator, but with such basic mistakes being made by the defence, you get the feeling he's maybe he's out of his depth a little bit and he's struggling and we need yeah, to change yeah. that. I, yeah, I, I'd like to think that he's not out of his depth because he's coached or he's been on, you know, in, in charge and, and working on some of the better defences in the NFL over the last few seasons, hasn't he? So... I think with all coordinators, you know, first first second year coordinators coming in, you will, you know, when this seems to be one of the uh, go to subjects at the minute that we have. It, it's sort of teething errors, isn't it? But it, we don't seem to be getting the basics right at the minute, and that is really really worrying to my mind. And I don't know why it's happening so much. And yeah, so something drastic needs to change. I'm not saying he needs firing because I don't believe that he, he does need to be fired or anything like that, but. Yeah, we really need to have a serious look at, at what exactly going on with the, the twelve men on the, on the field, and it's just yeah, it's just basics, isn't it? We've, we've got to try and get the basics. This is why we shouldn't be trading for a quarterback because we can't get the basics right on on both sides of the ball in for last large chunks of the game at the minute. So yeah, anyone who thinks we're we're um, we're in a position to just we're, you know we're not the LA Rams. If the LA Rams all of a sudden lost um, their quarterback and he goes down, they can literally go and say, right, we'll throw a second and a third round or wherever it is you want for your backup quarterback. We're going to get him in and we're going to, uh, we, we, you know, we're, we're going to continue trying to stomp the league for the next couple of years and, and win the Super Bowl. But that ain't us. And we, if we can't get the basics right on, on, on the defensive side of the ball and, and with these silly, silly penalties, then, yeah, we, we've got no hope of... Uh, going out and getting a quarterback in a, in a trade because it, it would just be wasting our time. So we said in the, the game preview on Friday that one of the things that could actually swing this game for us was the defence stepping up and having the defence that turned up against the Vikings that did a really good job for the vast mm. majority of the game. Um, obviously, they didn't turn up for the Lions and we thought they've had a week off. They've got a week to think about how badly they played against the Lions at times uh, for the vast majority of the game, to be honest. And we kind of expected a response from them, which we didn't get. And we, we still kept the game fairly close. 
that there was a couple of bad officiating decisions, which probably <laughs> I, 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 wasn't there ever. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say a swing at Kansas City's way, but it it was a fair game. Uh, the Chiefs, the Chiefs deserved to win that game, but it could have been a lot closer had our defense stepped up and actually played a lot better than what they've done for the last uh, fortnight now. Um, it, it leaves you wondering: is it the personnel? Obviously, again, we've had this conversation. We talked about the defensive line. We, we've spent high draft picks for the last three, four years now. Mm. We, we're not getting the production that you'd expect. Buckner looked good the first two games. He was absent on Sunday night, as was every other defensive lineman that was there. I can't really turn around and say any of them played well. No. Uh, no I, look- and I think a couple of those penalties actually... It, I don't think it would have altered the course of the game by any stretch of the imagination, but it could have been so much different on uh, in in that early couple of drives from the Chiefs because it we, we gave up what third and fifteen, and I think that went for fourteen yards, and then we gave up the fourth down play, didn't we? And that led to the um, first touchdown. That really should have been a field goal and not seven nil, you know, with the, with the one yard touchdown. And then on the Chiefs' second drive. They're on third and 16, third and 17, I think it is. And that pass interference call on Williams in the end zone. It's, 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 it's a yeah, family egg. podcast, so I'll <laughs> take, take a deep breath. And it's it's a, it's a horrendous pass interference call. It but was. if that's not called, that's a fourth down play. That's then another field goal kick. That field goal potentially goes over, doesn't go over. It's three, possibly six nil at that point, not 14 nil at that point. And by that point, it's almost too late because the damage has been done and the momentum is absolutely in favour of the Chiefs. And I don't know how you you fix things like that because you've just given up so many long third third down plays. And if we'd have gone 7-6 up on them with that juice touchdown, who knows what could have happened? Like I say, we probably would have still lost, but you just never know, do you? And that was one of the frustrating things. Again, it's third and longs. The missed tackles, it, it's basics. It, it's such basic things that we're we're failing to do correctly. You, you look at the defensive backs; they they need to stop letting the quarterback be in. The, they're they're looking at at the quarterback about what he's going to do, rather than concentrating on what the wide receivers are doing. And Kelsey and Watkins and and those guys, they're in acres and acres of space. And oh. <laughs> Yeah. There, there needs to be some kind of they, they either need to dumb it right down get get back to finding out what they're good at and, and just trying to start stopping teams to start with that would be nice and it's not you, you look at our schedule it ain't going to get any easier and the Chiefs scored five touchdowns on their first five possessions on um, on Sunday we went three and out punt then we got a touchdown then we went three and out and three and out and then we kicked a field goal it was 35-10 at half time and it was game over. Yes, it, we we made it closer at the end of the, in the second half, but let's let's face it, it, it was it, the game was won and, and done and dusted by half time. So dumbing down the defense, that was something that came to my mind on Sunday night as I was watching it. Um, obviously, Robert Salah came from the Seahawks. He, he worked on their defense, uh, and the Seahawks have a very basic defense, uh, and they just rely on the offense trying to beat them and the, holding. The, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we, we've got one of those holders, so I'm not going to mention yeah. anything about that. And he, he can hold all he wants. But yeah, I mean, the, the Seahawks never ever made any secret about it. It was nah. basically these are the players we're going to do on defense. Come and beat us. And, and we I was will thinking, hold, and if it doesn't get caught, then tough. Yeah. yeah, and I was just thinking, if we do cut it down to something basic like that, have a basic set of players rather than anything fancy, and then just concentrate on your tackling. Yeah. Really concentrate yeah. on your tackling. Get the basics right, and let's really go back to old school football, I guess. You know, just do what you were taught at school and at college. You know? Pressure the quarterback, tackle, wrap up, defend the balls that are coming towards you. Play, play the wide receiver. Don't you know? Don't play the ball. Don't don't be staring down the uh, the quarterback waiting to see what he's doing. Play the receiver. Just just get the basics right again. Get the fundamentals right, and let, let's just try and get through the season as best we can and see if we can improve on it. 
So Fred Warner, he, he had another good game. Mm. Um, he, I think he ended up with nine nine tackles, two assists. What I did notice, though, on, on several occasions, he can read the player really well. Mm. He can see what the quarterback's going to do, and he gets there in a crack, but he's not wrapping his man up. I think there was three occasions where he read the player absolutely perfectly, got there, completely missed the tackle, and the guy was away. Uh, and these were tackles where he'd have been either stopping them at the line of scrimmage or actually tackling for a loss. Yeah. So he had the nine tackles, he had the two assists, but then he had, he had these three that were complete and utter misses after he did so well to read the player. And, and that's a little disappointing because, again, we're going back to the basics. He's got the football brain, he can see what's happening, but he's not making that tackle. No, uh, and he's got he's got Foster next to him, and he's got Malcolm Smith, who's a you know a wily old pro. Where's the coaching? Yeah, you know, where where is the coaching from these guys for these youngsters to to get better? Because we're not seeing it at the minute. And I think if if you if you're looking for positives, the the, the way that I'm going I'm trying to look at it is it is still um, a young side, and it's. It's hard to watch at times, but it's to to me it's stuff that can be fixed. We've got we've we've got to get better at it, haven't we? I mean, it can't <laughs> we can't miss many more tackles than what we we're already doing. So the way that I'm looking at it is look, it, it's it can only get better, surely. Yeah, uh, you're well. I'm going to say you're right. I'm trying to be really positive about you know I'm trying to find positives and negatives because. You know, we're only three weeks into the season, and I don't want to be Debbie Downer about everything. And yeah. when you've just lost your quarterback and you lost your, your um, new recruit running back before the season even started, it's very easy to get on a downward slope of um, depression and oh, the world's ending. We're never going to win ever again. Bally, bally, bally. So I'm just trying to find positives in 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 the negatives of the situation that we're in at the minute. But yeah, it was a horrendous defensive performance on Sunday. So I am actually going to disagree with you for this point and say it can get worse, mainly because <laughs> I think... That, because we got the Rams coming soon. Well, you look at how we played the two seasons before last when Jim Tomsula was in charge and then Chip Kelly and we were horrendous then. I would definitely say the team we've got now would wipe the floor with those two teams. Mm. So I think it can get worse, but you think because of the coaching staff the way the organisation's now structured, the people we have in the building, you're right in, it can only get better mm. because we, we have the utmost trust in who's there to actually identify where the issues are and correct those issues. So, yeah, hopefully it can get better. If Sherman, he's going to be out for the next two, three games with the calf strain. Apparently hopefully, so, yeah, that just came through as we started recording. That's right. Hopefully we'll see him on the sidelines mentoring the younger the younger cornerbacks because that's what yeah, they definitely, definitely need. And if mm. you're going to look at anybody, look at Sherman. On, on Sunday, he had three targets against them uh, and one of them was an absolute outstanding block to save a touchdown. It was, uh, yeah. As soon and, as those Chiefs fans saw the replay, they were asking for a penalty, weren't they? But, yeah, there were. Yeah, but it, it wasn't was an, happening. No, it was an absolutely excellent player uh, and I hope they took notes of what he was doing on, on that player. Yeah. Um, because again, I mean, w w with the spoon, I, th I think he played 45% of the snaps and um, which I was quite surprised about it was a lot more than what I, I thought he'd played mm. um, but there was twice where he got done for pass interference and it's because he's grabbing and he's holding and he's making it obvious and yeah. he needs to take a, a leaf out of Sherman's book uh, and he needs to time it just perfectly when he sticks his hand in yeah, there subtlety is the key isn't it it is yeah definitely yeah. Yeah, but he wasn't the standout bad guy in, in the uh, secondary for me. I think Colbert had a horrendous game, and he left the game injured as well, didn't he? Um, but he was he was missed tackles, gave up two touchdowns, seemed to take bad angles on anything. But that Chiefs defense, uh, sorry, the Chiefs offense is so dynamic, isn't it? I mean, if they were stretching the field, they had receivers open across the middle, they had receivers out open in the flat. We, it was almost like they had an extra man or two out there, wasn't it? You just didn't know what was coming next at times. And 
they're going to take some stop in. You imagine if they can get to the Super Bowl with the Rams, it could be the best Super Bowl ever. And that really pains me to say that as a San Francisco 49ers fan, because the, the LA Rams are historically probably are one of one of our most hated rivals. But yeah, I agree geez, with that. What a game that could be! I don't know if they play if they're due to play each other this season. I guess they must be if we're playing the Chiefs um, in our season because. Generally, it's uh, against each division, isn't it? So, when we're playing the Raiders, aren't we? So, I'd imagine that, yeah, the Chiefs and the Rams must be playing each other this season. So, that must be, that could be some game to watch because that, at, at this moment in time, it's easy to say now in week three, but that's uh, that's definitely uh, Super Bowl material worth game or sort of game that would be. So, you mentioned about the Chiefs having an extra man. I can almost guarantee on one down that was correct because <laughs> there was one down where Eric Armstead was still in the three-point stance about a second after the ball had snapped. But it looked like an eternity. He was still in the stance. Everybody else was running all over the place. Was, and was he was a, just it, down there. And I think he'd fallen asleep. Yeah, I, I'm sure I remember watching the play on Thanksgiving a few years ago, and it was the Lions. I think it was a Damakung Sue did the same. I think, or was it, was it someone like that? I'm pretty sure they just led down on a play, and it, it went ahead, and I was just... Like even the commentators were just like, no, he's just led down. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure. A, I remember seeing something along those kind. I'm sure it was a Thanksgiving Day game, and it was a Lions player that just led down on a play. I'm, I'm I sure think you're right. I think that was I back in 2015 because I think yeah. I, I, I watched that and left your duels. Yeah, I don't think I dreamt that. I'm pretty sure I'll, I'll have to look that up now. But um, yeah, I'm sure I recall seeing something like that. Yeah, so I mean that 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 was typical of the way our game went. Watching yeah. that, and I thought, what what the hell's happened there? He, he's not moving. Somebody drugged him. And to me, that really summed up our day on defence. Mm. I mean, there, there was the flip side. We, we did do some, we did have some good players. Uh, there there's two players back-to-back where both Foster and Warner battered down a pass. And they the, the did it when it was at the line of scrimmage. The pass was just going to the line of scrimmage. It was going to be a screen player. And they were straight there, and they battered down the ball before it got to the receiver. Mm. Um, and I thought that was excellent. The, the speed the speed at which they came down and got there was great. So it wasn't all bad. Um, but again, I mean, I don't want to keep on at it, but the defence... You, you look at the you look at the chief second scoring drive. We had fifty yard, uh, fifty one yards in penalties yeah. in the first half. We had one hundred nine yards alone, and then one hundred forty seven yards in total. So obviously, in the second half, they had been told cut out the penalties. Yeah, um, but one hundred forty seven yards over the game. Still that, somewhat that short of our team record, which I looked up this afternoon, which was 178 yards in October 1998 against Buffalo. But that is the most since that game. So, yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's pretty shocking and pretty damning on uh, what was going on. It's, uh, yeah, quite frankly, it's, it's not good enough. We identified one area where we needed to be on top of our game in the preview, and that was with Travis Kelsey. We said he was one of the key matchups. We didn't particularly like the matchup that he was going to have with Tart. No. Obviously, Tart didn't start the game, um, but the replacement that came in didn't really deal with that very well. Obviously, he kept on changing coverages, so there was a few different people who had responsibility for Kelsey throughout the game, and he ended up ripping us open for 114 yards. Yeah, and every time we got the ball, granted, I'll, I'll give him this: that one-handed catch when Foster was, was right round his waist was unbelievable. Fair that play was incredible. That. Yeah, yeah, that was incredible. But um, we identified it, and we, we didn't do anything about it on defense, or we didn't do enough to stop that threat. No, we didn't. No, I t- totally agree. It's, uh, it's uh, there's, uh, yeah, oh, uh, I don't know, I'm lost for words really. When when the when the other teams look at the, the sort of the video footage of our defense this year, they're just going to be rubbing their hands with delight, aren't they? Yeah, without yeah. a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, you know, there's so much work to be done on that defense in in terms of trying to get it better. It's uh, yeah, I dread to think what's what's uh, upcoming for the next few games that we've got, unless things you know do take a massive drastic turn because it could get even more ugly. Before Jimmy exited the game with what we now believe is a an ACL tear. He, he made a few poor, poor throws. He mm. was overthrowing some of his receivers. He, he made a wrong read on the safety. 
Um, that could have gone to Goodwin. Goodwin made the correct read and he, he ran off the safety. Jimmy missed that. It just floated straight over the pair of them. Um, he, I think it was Kittle. He overthrew Kittle. And I can't yeah. remember who else, but there was a gas on in the flat, wasn't it? He was wide open, and he went that's right, right over his head. It was, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> hopefully, again, I mean, we're talking about game nine in his career. Hopefully, that will come. Um, we're not going to find out for another 12 months, no. And again, we, we're going to, I think, we're still going to be dealing with these kind of problems when he does come back into the team hopefully week one next season or certainly you know in some part of the preseason because as we say you're dealing with someone who's starting who hasn't even got a season's worth of experience under his belt yet so we're going to have to live and learn and and deal with that when he does come back into the team and in terms of you know what we said earlier about dumbing down the defense I think we're now going to have to dumb down the offense as well because you can't go out there expecting CJ to be winging it around and being anything close to Jimmy Garoppolo, he's going to have to just be, for the want of a better phrase, a game manager for us, isn't he? He, he? he needs to he needs to be working alongside the likes of Garcon now, and Garcon is going to be one of the guys that needs to step up and, and be accountable himself now. He, he needs to have a vet, veteran presence in there, and leaders are going to be required on both sides of the ball for me. So that leads me perfectly into my next point, which is about Garcon. Mm. Do, do you think he's producing enough to warrant a starting place? Because this season for me, he's been a major disappointment. I was expecting a lot from him, being teamed up with Jimmy. Yeah. And it, it just hasn't happened for me. Granted, last last week we talked about some of the throws that Jimmy made to him. And it always seemed as though he was hitting Garcon a split second before Garcon was getting battered by the defence. I'm yeah. not sure if that was the timing on Jimmy's behalf or whether or not that was Garcon failing to get clear. But he has been a bit of a disappointment and I'm now thinking, is he worth a starting place? Yeah, I think now with uh, CJ as quarterback, I think Garcon is, is going to be somewhat of a safety blanket. I think he's probably going to be a safe pair of hands, go-to guy that, Will possibly is sort of be his first sort of check down, his first look, because um, you know you look at all those other young receivers on the team. Someone now needs to be, like I say, they need to have a veteran presence on the team. Um, they need to become a leader, um, someone that CJ can get the ball to. And I think that, I say, Kittle and Selleck are probably going to get a lot more looks as well now. I would have thought, and I can't see us running anything remotely sexy for at least two to three weeks until he sort of finds his feet again in the team. Um, he builds up a rapport with two or three of his receivers that he knows he can now rely on. One of those, to my mind, has to be Garcon as one of the wide receivers. And yeah, he's, we're just going to have to, he's going to have to do something. He's going to have to step up and uh, be accountable for me now, Garcon. He, this is his time, really. Another disappointment was Pettis. Pettis took 25 snaps yesterday. He wasn't yeah, targeted didn't, didn't once. Get catch, did he? No. no, wasn't targeted once. Um, the only the twenty five snaps surprised me. The only time I remember seeing him on the field was for a kick return. Yeah. Other than that, I can't remember seeing him on the field. Yeah, it surprised him, especially with Goodwin now in the team as well. Because uh, you'd have thought with Goodwin now stretching the field, um, you'd have thought he might have got a few a few looks, but. Yeah, a bit like Garcon, really. He's he's going to have to probably step up and become a man before, you know, many of us thought he would do before. And, uh, yeah, he's going to have to be someone who, who can uh, beat man coverage and uh, try and get open. Because I'm pretty sure now that any defence is going to stack the box against us to try and stop Breeder. And if you stop Breeder and you've got a backup quarterback and receivers who can't break man coverage, we're, we're, we're just kicking field goals and punting all game, aren't we? Yeah, we are. So under the good side, or the the better aspects of the game, because there was yeah, some positives to take out of that. Yeah. Um, and it, it's funny because the first positive I'm going to start with, I'm going to start with a negative. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the very first pass to Kittle, that was all on him. He dropped that. He shouldn't yeah, be dropping balls strong. like that. That was terrible. Yeah. But then after that, he was absolutely excellent. He showed great fight after the catch, and he had a huge play on third and 16 to give us that fourth and inches. And I really thought he did really well after the disappointment of dropping that first catch. 
I actually tweeted them after the game to say, look, if you can cut your drops out, you're <laughs> going to be an elite tight end <laughs> and you'll end up going to the Pro Bowl because the only thing that's spoiling at the moment is the drops. Yeah, and he actually did to them on that third down play. What keeps happening to us, wasn't it? Third and 16, you think, well, here we go. We're going to run a draw up the middle for two yards and boot it away. But no, he uh, he, he took that took that catch and he uh, he made, well, he almost made it. I thought he did make it on first look. but I thought he made it as well. Yeah, I, I guess they uh, spotted his knee just down before the line of scrimmage. But yeah, it's nice to see. And like I say, he, I think he's going to get a lot more looks now with uh, you know CJ in his quarterback, Selleck as well. Um, yeah, stand up and be counted, young man. Do you think a change of quarterback is going to help the running backs or is it going to make it difficult for them? Is it, it's going to... I think it's going to make it difficult and, for him. In, yeah, first yeah, instance, gonna I think they're the going to struggle. That they're going to dare, they're going to dare CJ to beat him, aren't they? It's they're going to try and put it all on, stop the running game, and I think a lot of teams are going to see that as our game at the minute. And uh, if they stop that, they're going to stop us. Yeah, they'll beat Bethard to beat them hard. <laughs> <laughs> Something so, along those kind of lines. I'm sure there's a pun there somewhere. So Breeder had another outstanding game for me. Yes. Um, he looked really good. He was getting to the edge. He was finding the gaps. Uh, and once he found the gap, he, he was away. He was running at daylight. And it was, it was, it was pleasing to see. It all, almost reminded us of the early days of Frank Gore, mm. the, the, the type of runs you do. And um, to, to have a look at the overall yardage we got on Russian, 178 yards, as a team, we ran the ball well. I thought it was a good running back by committee with Breeder and Morris. Obviously, they swapped out for different types of situations, and I thought that both did really well. And I think that was a reflection on the um, the O-line making the gaps as well, as well as the good blocking. I thought we had some really good blocking on the O-line. Yeah, we did well run blocking again. Um not so much, not so great on some of the um, pass blocking situations, but I, I think that was predominantly down to the noise in the stadium. Um, and yeah, Breeder for me was uh, was probably my MVP again. He's he's a huge difference maker in the team. I really think he's going places. He was, well, he averaged nine yards a run, three targets, three catches. So again, like we said before, he's versatile. He, he can uh, he's extremely useful out of the backfield pass catching and. and he returned from an injury that didn't look too dissimilar from Jimmy's, did he? When that, when he went down, I thought, oh God, you know, like this is yeah. the last thing we need. And I thought exactly before the same we even myself. get any news, I'm just putting it out there. He came back from it, <laughs> so yeah. no false hopes or anything. But yeah, he's, to me, he's such a threat, isn't he? Um, but I do wonder how he's going to cope against um, these stat boxes that I think he's going to be finding over the next. Uh, at least the next couple of weeks, I would have thought he's gonna he's gonna struggle. But you never know he he might uh, he might surprise us. But it's gonna be hard for him. It's gonna be really really hard. Well, we seem to have run the ball down the Chiefs' neck uh, coming into the fourth quarter, the back end of the third quarter, and we continued running it as well. And I think the analysts mentioned that they're still running the ball. They're still running the ball, and it got down to about seven and a half minutes in the fourth quarter. They're still running the ball. But we were running it, and we were effective, and we were moving the ball, and we still had plenty of time because we were only two scores behind. Yeah. So we had plenty of time. If we could have gotten that touchdown, the touchdown that wasn't, and then made a stop, we were back in that game. And I thought it was the right thing to do to keep on running the ball because if we had left far too much time on the ball, uh, on the ball, on the clock, then if we'd scored, made a stop, scored again, there'd have still been time left on that clock. For the yeah. Chiefs to come back, and we were finding it difficult in the first half to stop the Chiefs. The second half, the defense did uh, turn up and did make some good plays. Spoiled a little bit by the penalties, which um, were big uh, momentum shifters. Yeah, and you have to try and keep that their offense off the field, don't you? You have to try and give your defense a rest. That's right. And and if you're moving the ball with a running game and the running game is working well, then you've got to try and stick with that, haven't you? It's no, it's no good. Th- throwing twice, running for three yards and punting the ball away and your defence are back out there again and, and they're gassed and, and they're giving up plays left, right and centre. All right, there was only, uh, well, there was sort of minimal damage done in the second half really, was there, with just the field goal. But 
yeah, if you've got some of this working and, and you've, you think you've got the play, the game plan to, to, to get the ball moving and to, to win a game in that way, then yeah, I'm, I'm kind of all for it. I, I thought some of the clock management was a, was a bit poor, but yeah, it was it was working, and it, it wasn't the play calling and the uh, some of, and a lot of the clock management that was killing us. It was the penalties, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It's, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was just penalty after penalty after penalty. But this is the positive section, so let's get positive again. Yeah. So <laughs> to, to continue with the positive part of it, um, Morris's touchdown, I thought he did really well on the reach yeah, over did. into the end zone. At yeah. first, I thought, you know what, they might pull this back. Um, but once I saw the first replay, no, he was in there. He was in no problem whatsoever. Yeah, and it was great effort from the O-line. Great effort from yeah. the O-line to, to get him in. That was one of the things we kind of mentioned last week, wasn't it? That we don't seem to be don't seem to be particularly great at, at getting that big shove in, in those situations. But yeah, they certainly had it against uh, what was probably a weaker O-line in, in the Chiefs O-line. But it, it's positive and, and they'll, they'll gain confidence from those kind of things, knowing that they can do it. Yeah, and big Joe Staley gave him a pretty good push into the end zone there. Yeah. Um, that was good to see. Like you said, just get behind them and, and push them through, push that pack through. I think just after that is when we went for the two-point conversion. I was over the moon with that. Yeah, nicely converted. Yeah, it's, it's not often you see uh, Robbie Gould miss anything, uh, but that point after, I'm still not sure whether or not it got a touch. The ball was bobbling quite strangely as though it did get a touch mm. but when it went over the, the the line of scrimmage you didn't actually see it change direction it, it was just spinning in an awkward way so yeah. I don't know if you just completely missed the ball um, it, it, yeah I, I don't think anybody got the hand to it and, and they didn't mention it on the coverage either they didn't say oh that's been blocked uh, you, you heard a twang off the upright and you kind of hoped that it might have a lucky bounce for us, but it didn't. No. Um, but yeah, the two-point conversion and um, the pass to Kittle, I, I was over the moon with. Yeah, definitely. So do you have any more positives? Um, Pretty much just along what I said earlier, really. I think a lot of it's coachable. A lot of what we're doing wrong can be fixed. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a long year, but I'm still quite intrigued about the possibilities, really. I, I see this... The remainder of... I'm not writing the season off by any means, but it's a kind of an audition for a lot of the guys now, isn't it? Um, you look at a couple of the quarterbacks in recent times that have done their ACL. Carson Wentz did his in December, November, December. He's already back playing. Um, Tom Brady did it and missed a year. Um, it's not an injury that it used to be. It used to be a career-ended, wasn't it? Um, it's, it's, it's fixable. I think he can come back stronger and... He's not what I would call a running quarterback or he's not outwardly mobile, is he? So I don't see it being too much of a problem if it, as long as it doesn't limit him because he's more of a pocket quarterback. He'll take off every so often, isn't he? So if, it, if we can get him back for training camp, maybe squeeze him into a couple of preseason games, maybe. Um, yeah, let's try and keep positive, find positives in this season. Look at some of the youngsters. Enjoy the youngsters playing the game this season, and just try and enjoy it, really. And just get behind CJ as the quarterback. Get behind the team, and not try and get too down in the dumps when we inevitably lose games that we're going to lose now between now and the end of the season. Yeah, hopefully now that people's expectations have been realigned somewhat, that there may be a bit more positivity uh, around around the group, around Twitter. Yeah. Um, hopefully people realise, I mean, we, we were never going to the playoffs anywhere. If we did go to the playoffs, that would have been an outstanding achievement yeah, to do been, that this year. Been, yeah. Um, but yeah, now, now that everybody's well aware that, look, we've got a backup quarterback in here, our defence have been pretty atrocious over the last two games. Playoffs, forget about them. Let's concentrate on eight and eight. Let's not have a losing season. If we get eight in it, I'll be over the moon. Is it doable? I don't think so, to be honest. But anything more than five wins, you've got to see as a as a bonus. Five or six wins, sorry, because we had six wins last season. Yeah, I um, think we've got CJ had one of them. Duplicate that for for uh, for last yeah. season. That would be uh, that would be a, a huge positive for me if we can get there. One player I, I haven't heaped praise on, and I should really, 
Um, but I think there's a reason in the back of my mind why I didn't do it is Exum. So he's come in um, to replace, I think it was Tart he replaced. Mm-hmm. He, he's had nine tackles. He had a sack. He had the forced fumble. And I think the reason I haven't given him the praise that he, he probably does deserve is because on three occasions, he was just completely out of position uh, and he just got smoked by the receiver. And I think that let it down for me, he, even though I was very impressed with the way he's come in at the last minute, he, he started the game and he, he had a really good game apart from those three players. And he was, he was just completely lost. He was nowhere near it. Yeah, and, and that yeah, let definitely. it down a little yeah. bit for me. Well, otherwise, yeah, he'd have probably so. ended up being my MVP of the game. Yes, From a 49ers yeah, yeah, perspective. Didn't do too bad. Didn't do too bad. It's, yeah. uh, it's hard to, without actually watching it back and watching the All-22, it, it's hard to sort of, uh, or I find it more harder to watch uh, what the safeties are doing a lot of the time. So it's uh, not something that I particularly picked up on, to be honest. But um, yeah, I, didn't, I don't think he disgraced himself, did he? And I, I think anyone would, who came in would have struggled against that offence, wouldn't they, really? Let's, let's face it, it's... Uh, yeah, <sighs> yeah. They're, they're a really good offence. Yeah. Um, it's a shame the poor on defence. And it's because the Chiefs are poor on defence, I don't particularly think that they'll get to the Super Bowl. I, I don't think they've got the defence for it. I, they've definitely got the offence without a shadow of a doubt. Mm. Um Pat Mahomes is excellent. I was I was really impressed with him. He, he handled himself well. He got rid of the ball quick. He on on the scramble and touchdown. He almost reminded us of Russell Wilson. That's who I thought he looked like yeah. as he scrambled out, looked for an open receiver, and still got it into the end zone. Mm. And it was sickening to see that as a forty nine er. And it was sickening to think that as a forty nine er. But yeah, I looked at him and thought. Yeah, he's, he's playing a lot like Russell Wilson. Yeah. But he's more of a pocket-based passer than what Russell Wilson is. Mm. So, traditionally, analysts will turn around and say, analysts or coaches will turn around and say, to win the game, you have to win the turnover battle and you have to win the time of possession. And the reason I mentioned this is because I've never, ever seen the time of possession as close as this and there was only two seconds in it. Was there really? The, the Chiefs had two seconds more possession than us. Wow, that's incredible. And I need to Google to find out if time of possession has ever been equal yeah. in, an, in an NFL wow. game. <laughs> uh, because I was, I was absolutely gobsmacked. You go through the whole game and there's only two seconds that split the teams. That's incredible stat, yeah. So I've got a rant and then I've got a, a kind of a good thing to to end with if I, if I can. Go on then, rant away. I'll beep you out later. So, officials calling penalties. What the hell was going on with that in the end zone on Juice for Kittle's touchdown? I mean, that was one of the worst calls I've ever seen. I mean, this is American football. It's NFL. It's football. It's a contact game. And it used to be until Roger Goodell got lawsuits from about 250 former players. And he's now turned it into a blooming... Namby Pamby non-contact game. Yeah, you, I can't disagree. Clay Matthews non-sack. I last did night. see that. Yeah, uh, Clay Matthews tackle. I mean, what is going on? Like, the game's gone, isn't it? It's ah, uh, just if that touchdown stands in our game, it's thirty-eight, thirty-one. And uh, hang on a minute, we're a touchdown away from drawing level with the Chiefs here. Yeah, that and, makes a huge difference. That's a massive difference. I mean, even the what Dean Blandino the the former official in the commentary box says it's not a flag so oh, it's so frustrating football sometimes isn't it it makes you wonder why you bother like you stay up all night long you watch it you commit to it don't you and then you just see stuff like that and you're like what is going on so I think it's the same problem universally in every sport yeah R- referees and officials aren't really held account properly for making really bad decisions like that the, the worst thing they get is a little bit of embarrassment when somebody asks them, what were you thinking about when you made that decision? Yeah. Because they don't get pulled, although in the Premier League, I think they do get pulled now if they have a, a bad game with some bad decisions in there. But they get pulled from a game and then they're back in again the week after. Yeah. It's like a one-game suspension. Mm. You don't see any of that in the NFL. The NFL actively 
um, backs them up, even when they're wrong. Yeah. Luckily enough, we've got the likes of Dean Blandino who turn around and say, I've no idea what he was thinking there. There's mm. no way that was a pass interference. Just like the pass interference um, in the end zone on the Chiefs' second touchdown drive as well. That ball wasn't catchable. No, it Jerry, was a mile Jerry above Rice his head. Caught that, would it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but then I kind of I, I flip that rant on on its head completely against myself and say, how mad is the NFL? Buffalo beat Minnesota. <laughs> Cleveland won a game this week. The Titans beat the Jags in a field goal fest. Giants beat the Texans. The Lions beat Tom Brady. And that's just week three. And then you go back to last week. The Colts beat the Redskins, who beat Packers in week three. The Bucks beat the Super Bowl champion Eagles. The Browns almost tied in New Orleans. And the Jags beat the Patriots in an AFC Championship rematch. Yet they've just lost to the Titans. And in week one, the Steelers and the Browns tie. The Ravens hammer the Bills by 44 points. And two weeks later... The Bills beating the Vikings. Yeah, what the hell? It's, it's, it's any given Sunday, and that's why we enjoy this game so much. Yeah, because you know, doesn't matter how badly you played last week. That was last week. That was last week. It's done. That's it. Isn't yeah, it? next Sunday is a completely different game. Yeah, and it's what the players say as well. The most important game is the next one. Yeah, the last one's history. Forget about it. But yeah, yeah, my picks are all over the place this year. I'm doing absolutely terrible. How are you meant to predict when things like that happen? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> obviously, I named my uh, prediction team the losing picks, and I think yeah. it was an apt name because I think I am bottom at the moment. However, mm. I did predict the Browns win, <laughs> yeah, so I'm happy with that one. Yeah, And I think I also predicted that the Titans were going to beat the Jags as well. I didn't see so, that one coming. They started with Flamin Blaine Gabbert. They knocked him out of the game and uh, Mariota come in, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. It's just madness. Absolute yeah, madness. Definitely. And that is why we keep coming back on a Sunday. It is? You're right. Sometimes on Thursday night. Regardless of the awful officiating, mad stuff happens on Sundays and you think, yeah, that's why we're watching it. Thank you, Brian. So hopefully you've enjoyed today's show. Obviously, we've had the disappointment of Jimmy Garoppolo's injury. Uh, I've just checked Twitter there, and I still haven't seen a confirmation come through. Um, but I am expecting that in the next 60 minutes or so. And just for context, it's now 10 to 8 on Monday night, and I'm sat here monitoring Twitter. So we'll be back Friday for the preview of the Elliott Chargers game, when we'll definitely know who's going to be our starting quarterback and what other pieces have been added to the roster during the week. Because I would expect that if Jimmy Garoppolo does go on to IR, Nick Mullins will be promoted from the practice squad. So tune in Friday and have a listen to what we think is going to happen in the Chargers game. Thanks a lot, guys. Deep in the heart, like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark, Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline, NDB, greatest owner of all time, Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick, we're all students of Bill Walsh, don't ever forget.